What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Game Informer Show, a weekly podcast covering the video game industry. Join us every Thursday for a discussion about the latest gaming news, reviews, and exclusive reveals alongside Game Informer staff and special guests from around the industry. I'm your host, Alex Van Aken, and today I'm joined by the news hound, the once and future informer, Wesley LeBlanc. How you doing, Wes? Doing good. Doing good. Lots yeah. of lots of rats in my life. Good ones though. Oh, you should you should <laughs> call somebody about that. Is yeah. that you you guys got rats down in Florida? I thought it was just gators. No, there's just rats everywhere. Just hundreds mm. and thousands. Have you tried busting some saltpeter uh onto the ground? Yes. To... Okay. And you hmm. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Maybe torch your house? That's what we're gonna try uh, tonight, I think, actually, yeah. Uh, my yeah, wife's not home, yeah. so I didn't want to do it without her. I feel like that would be very nice. Yeah, you should probably run a buyer before you set it on fire. <laughs> uh, Marcus Stewart. Hello. How are you, Marcus? Hi. As a fellow Floridian, I was just going to suggest maybe getting a cat. Um, but if yeah. you want to oh, go that, to that yeah. extreme, then I'm not here to tell you how to live. But I have a cat, but she's like a basically a dog. It's one of those cats that's really weird and doesn't do cat does stuff. She, she, does she bark? Um, sometimes <laughs> and she's secretly a dog and you just didn't haven't realized it until now. Wait, what do cats look like? <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you seen blinks the time sweeper? I, um, I have. They, they're kind of similar to that. Yeah. I played that game in the last year. Oh, why? Yeah, why? <laughs> uh, when I was streaming, Oh yeah. taking a hiatus, I, I decided I'd stream that game cause I never had the original Xbox. I was like, Oh, I'll try this. I've always been curious about it. Oh, uh, that game sucks. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't recommend it. Uh, I, I wouldn't either. As somebody who was very enthusiastic about Blinks the Time Sweeper when it first came out, I, I, I don't think that that game is good. But past me, love that game. That and what was the ro- the robot vacuum one where you're like a yellow chibi robo? Original- no, 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 no. Uh, original Xbox robot game. DreamWorks is robots. The game. Oh, it was a ma- oh, oh metal arms. I was gonna say metal. Yeah, metal arms. Yeah. Yeah, metal arms glitch in the system. That was on everything, though. Was it? Okay. Yeah, I remember that was on GameCube. I know for sure. What I remember. That's just like in my brain as like an OG Xbox game for some reason. Yeah, that's a good game. Doesn't get enough love. Yeah. Well, let's get into the show today. Uh, I am. If you're listening to this when it goes up, I'm currently uh, traveling to Japan. Actually, my trip's almost done by the time people listen to this, but we're, we're, we're pre-recording this episode, so we aren't going to be talking about, you know, GTA 7 leaking or, um, you know, Chris Pratt's Mario uh, being replaced by AI voice generation. We're not doing no news stories this week because we don't know what's going to happen, uh, but we are talking a lot about big games that are coming. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about A Plague Tale Requiem. Wes's review for that game. We're going to be talking about Marcus's time with Mario Rabbids so far. Uh, again, we are recording this well into the future or well in the past. So uh, they might not have their full reviews, you know, thoughts here today. But uh, you can for sure go to GameInformer.com to check out their full, complete thoughts. Um, and then uh, might talk about a little bit of Overwatch 2 right now as we're recording this. Um, it's still like in that launch phase where everything's a little busted. Uh, which is a shame because these servers were, you know, great in our pre-release, pre, you know, uh, our, our review time. So it's a shame that nobody else has had a smooth experience like we did. But we're going to be talking about a little bit just Overwatch 2 in general. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, and then a couple questions. Uh, shorter episode, abbreviated episode, um, but still a lot of stuff jam-packed in here. Let's get started. Uh, we're going to jump right into the topic of the show this week. Wes... You have been playing A Plague Tale Requiem. Now, I know you aren't finished with it yet, but how are you enjoying it so far? Maybe give the listeners a primer. I, I feel like A Plague Tale Innocence was like a pretty big game, but it's also like still it's not Call of, of Duty. It's yeah. not. Yeah, yeah. It's People might not. They might have heard the name, but maybe they don't know what it is. Could you kind of give a, a primer? Yeah. So like the general idea of Plague Tale is uh, you're living in. Well, in the first one, it's like France and then this one go to different places um but basically there's a plague and there's rats and like hundreds and thousands of rats and it's a stealth game where you have to fight off guards and enemies and that kind of stuff while also trying not to be completely overtaken by rats and so the the new game requiem picks up uh shortly after innocence 
Um, you're kind of, you know, after the events of innocence, you and your sister, Hugo, and his sister, Amicia, and his mother, they're trying to kind of just have a normal life, settle down in this really cute and quaint village with festivals, and it's all sunny and awesome. And they're kind of just trying to keep the plague, the macula, as it's called, within Hugo at bay, but um, they fail to do that, and things go a little haywire and force them to flee to a mysterious island that might have the cure to Hugo's ailment. Um, And so I'm about, I think I'm nearing the end. Like if I played another hour or two, I think I would be done with the game. There's um, 16 chapters and I'm on the 14th. So I know I'm nearing the end and I'm having a really good time with it so far. It's more Plague Tale. Um, They have stepped up the amount of things you can do in terms of gameplay. Uh, It's still the same you know, you have a sling and you're throwing jars, that kind of thing. Like, don't expect a drastic shift, but like, they've added a lot of kind of light and dark puzzle solving. Yeah, yeah. And the rats react to that light map. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Your entire goal is basically to like stay by fire, pretty much, because if you're by fire, then rats can't get you. And then other than that, you're just taking down guards left and right with your uh, headshot slingshot. I'm really enjoying it. The story is a lot better this time around. I think. Um, oh okay just because and i liked innocence a lot but it's kind of a little simpler it's less about like the overarching narrative and more about like what those characters are going through and i think that requiem handles both of those better um the characters are more well written the stakes are higher so you're seeing like new layers to them and then the overarching narrative is really awesome lots of twists and turns lots of characters and like 10 times more grand in scale which is pretty wild considering if you've played Innocence, the final boss fight is like a little wild. Yeah. But my. It'd be spoiler territory, but it yeah, goes places. It does. It's also <laughs> very annoying. Yes. It's a, it's a <laughs> yeah. pretty bad boss fight. Um, bosses, not necessarily better in this game. I still don't. None of them have been as bad as the one in Innocence. Um, but I'm still not really sold on boss fights needing to be in this game. Um, and I think it's a little too long. Um, it's probably twice the length of Innocence, depending on how quickly you played that game. And games should be as long as they need to be. I'm not saying this game is just too long because, oh, it's 20 hours. That's way too long. Um, it's just that there's a lot of time where I'm like, this feels kind of just like padding. Like, why am I doing this um, when I could just... For example, the game, the marketing is all about going to this mysterious island to find Hugo's um, cure, potential cure. You don't do that till like well over halfway through the game. And so the first half of the game is oh, just wow. we got to get to this island. You got to you're escaping from this place, from this place. Now you're hiding from these people all to get to a boat and then finally after probably 10 to 12 hours I was on my way to the island. And I was like, "Oh, right? Cuz the whole game is like, like the marketing has been the trailers and stuff. It's like we got to go to this mysterious island south and see if we can help Hugo." And it was especially Do you not feel like one of the and I I have not played the game so yeah. uh, for listeners so Wes is the authority on this one but I one of the things I like about some stories it, it, like Lord of the Rings for instance the Fellowship of the Ring I felt like that half that film is them getting to Rivendell um, and I, I felt like the the stakes and the the hiding the secrecy and the on the run uh, adventure they're going on was like part one of my favorite parts because of like the tension. Do you feel like the it, it's effective in this game? Is there like an over? Uh, do you feel like that tension of like uh, they're going off on this this big adventure and it's really dangerous, or is it more like all right, let's get to the boat? It's kind of a mixed bag. The first game is almost entirely like running away from bad people and trying to do this, and then this game, the first half of it is about the same length as the first game. And you're kind of just doing the same thing, which it got okay. old kind of quick for me because, you know, I'm 20 hours of Amicia and Hugo trying to escape bad people. And it's like, damn, I wish they would get, you know, a break. But um, yeah, it just felt long in some instances. You'd be escaping from these guards and these bad people. And then you, oh, you have a moment to breathe. You're kind of walking. Oh, uh oh, some guards have shown up. They've reached this area. Oh, there's no guards here. Interesting. Oh, it's just rats. And you're kind of just doing that over and over until you get to the boat and finally get to um, this island, which does drastically change the way the game plays. Like it's not immediately a threatening place and you have time to like explore. And there's lots of happy moments and it's sweet. And it's, it almost has some 
some non-linearity in design too. Like you're doing things kind of in your own order, much more open than the rest of the game. And so that was like a welcome reprieve from what I had just played, which was the same thing, you know, escape from guards, escape from rats, escape from guards, escape from rats over and over. And that's kind of like my biggest problem with the game is I shouldn't say the length, but just kind of the pacing, I guess. Like I'm. Yeah. You kind of wanted them to get to the island yeah, sooner. Yeah. And it's only because like I was, you know, there's only so many times you can do a guard sequence and then a rat sequence before you're like, okay, this is kind of an old bag of tricks at this point. Reminds me of Peter Jackson's King Kong where like the first hour of that movie, like they don't get to the island until like hour two. Yeah. <laughs> what I remember <laughs> of that movie. So yeah, it's kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, I've, I really have two big questions. The first one is the, the combat, you know, Amicia has like a crossbow now. And at least from the trailers, it looked like they were trying to add a little bit more action to it and not let it just be entirely sort of stealth or just like the slingshot stuff. How is that crossbow? And like, is it as like how much more action or like full on action is there? Or does the crossbow allow that? Or how is that? So the crossbow, uh, it's very much still a stealth heavy game. Um, like you're still going to try to do stealth first. And then if it fails and things go chaotic, you might be in a more combative state. But yeah, you the crossbow, like when you first get it, can hold one or two arrows and you can upgrade it. I'm holding three arrows at a time right now. And I really don't use those unless I have to. Like if somebody has got the jump on me or it's an especially big guard that I can't just immediately take out with the slingshot headshot. I'll use the bow on them. But it's not like there's no sequences at all where you feel like you're the most powerful figure on the field. Yeah. You're not um, mowing you have people down with this crossbow. No, not at all. No, yeah. <laughs> you're just definitely still stealthing. Um, and the game has a cool system. You get skills in the game, and there's three um, types of skills you can get, but you don't choose them or anything. They just advance based on your actions. So if you're playing stealthier, your stealth skills are going to upgrade quicker. And if you play a bit more combative, you'll see some like slingshot related stuff or action skills. Um, And then there's another one that I'm blanking on right now. Uh, But yeah, I found the game to be like a stealth game in that I stealth really hard, do my best. And sometimes I mess up and then it's just like, all right, heads are rolling. Okay. (laughs) And my other big question is uh, hearing you talk about the story and that you you find it to be better than the first game. That's exciting to me because I... My favorite thing about the first game is the story. It was my favorite game narrative of 2019. Um, oh, wow. It says a nice. lot to me because yeah. uh, that's the same year that Control came out, and I love that game's story. Um, but the one of the things that put it over the edge was not even just Amicia and, and Hugo's relationship, but there's a supporting cast of characters that you meet along the way in that game and like the interactions with them and the time you spend with those characters. I won't say who they are in case people haven't played the first game, but... Um, that was the thing that really made that game feel special. Like, I love that stuff. It, how is the supporting cast in this game by comparison? Have you met some interesting characters or like, or even like how are Amicia and Hugo in this game, I guess, like compared to the first game? Yeah, so I'll tackle that part first. Amicia and Hugo, basically Hugo's condition is not cured. Like it's getting worse and Amicia really, really loves Hugo. It's her brother. And so the tensions are much higher, like things are more dire. Hugo's kind of in a state where he's like, I just don't want to do this anymore. I just want to be a normal kid. And Amicia's like, I know, and it's breaking her heart, but she ha- like, you have to keep doing this, this plight that they're on because she knows, she thinks she knows at the end, we're going to get Hugo cured into a place where he can be normal. But until then, yeah. they're both going to, they're going to suffer as a family, like trying to get there. And so like much more tense, um, lots of more heartfelt moments in that regard. And then as far as the supporting cast goes, I really like it. There's one character in particular who I think is really great and they've been with um they've been the longest supporting cast person um in this game so far. Like I've stuck with them the longest, which is awesome because they're my favorite. And there's others too. So if you if that's a big part of innocence for you, like I think you're going to really like this group too. Word. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I feel like these games are so hard to talk about just because like Marcus said, for me, the the first game, all I cared about was the story. I mean, like the the rat mechanic was cool, but like it was in a certain way, like a means to an end. Like the the moments that happen that game and the way that you are interacting with the rats are very cool from like a setting perspective. Like, oh, we're doing this in like a really interesting place, right? Uh, I would have never to expected to be doing this at like in a barn, right, with like an alchemy lab underneath, like 
all of those like cool locations. I, I really enjoyed the puzzles in that regard, kind of like, you know, navigating these spaces in a non-traditional way. But the like the thing that was keeping me going was the story, right? Yeah, I would ask, um, speaking like kind of piggybacking off that, Alex, is uh, how was the like just the tech? Because I think one of the coolest things of Innocence was like the rat tech, like seeing that swarm. And, you know, like the way it would just flood into rooms. I thought that looked cool. Yeah. And this is a this is a current gen only game. So, you know, they don't have two they don't have last gen consoles to hold it back. How has that improved, I guess, in that game? So for me, um, I haven't played Innocence in a minute, like I guess a couple of years. Uh and like the the rats and their technology doesn't immediately stand out as like better necessarily. I I'm sure if I went and watched like a some of innocence i'd be like oh yeah the requiem rat stuff is way crazier but like kind of like an innocence for me the rats are just there and they're cool and they make for cool moments but i'm not like necessarily impressed by what the rats are doing like after the first couple times when i see you know thousands of rats on screens i'm just kind of like eh. and like the game is still it's gorgeous looks amazing runs a little eh sometimes um so hopefully that gets patched out in the future but like it still has a little bit of like the double A edge, which is fine. Like it's not a massive triple A game with hundreds of millions of dollars behind it. And I desperately wish that it was because it has like all it wants to be. Like it's it's doing everything that an awesome triple A game is. And I think like with some more money, the rat stuff could be like truly wild. But um, you know, a lot of times when I see the rats from a distance, it's great. But then up close, you're just like, oh, that's like a bunch of little kind of like black masses moving mm. yeah <laughs> uh, like it's not you're not like gonna get hyper realistic rats it's still it's still awesome to see but um yeah this isn't like the the wildest looking game um and again yeah, i'm sure if i went see, back go ahead so you're not gonna see the sweat coming out yes, of every yeah. individual this isn't like madden rats <laughs> precisely every poor <laughs> yeah but like it's it's like it's it's truly gorgeous. I have so many screenshots on my PS5, um, and they do a lot of cool things with, uh, I guess like colors and stuff. Like they use a lot of unique hues and stuff like that, almost like a, in a in a painterly way. Um, a lot of times, I'm like, oh, this kind of looks like an old painting, maybe from that time period. I guess like medieval. Nice art direction. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of the uh, one of the weird little charms about Plague Tale, and uh, is that it is double eggs. Like, yeah, barely exist anymore. And there's something about like seeing a game that's like, I guess technically like Hellblade was that too, even though that game's tech was like unreal. But like, yeah, I don't know. It's like a weird like intangible. Like it's it's. I just like that these kind of games exist. I feel like because this is a focus entertainment published game, I feel like they're kind of like firmly in that double A camp. And uh, like I appreciate that that tier of studios still exists more and more as they kind of like slowly either close or just get absorbed by some new acquisition <laughs> uh so yeah i'm glad that these like you can still do smaller ish projects like this uh so yeah i don't know i don't know where i was going with that but <laughs> i just like, <laughs> i like that double a games are still a thing now i mean it's it, it's it's really cool to see like this is their uh i haven't beat the game so i don't know if there's gonna be more plague tale but like if this was the final plague tale game i wouldn't be surprised just because of like how like epic and grand it is in scale which as a double a game is like very impressive to me it feels like you got to do the plague tale at some point where you just play as hugo the whole game right? yeah you would like, yeah you would think <laughs> he becomes like older and he just like has mastered his rat powers and then you just like throw rats at people basically yeah <laughs> The Miles Morales to the the Spider Man Amicia pipeline. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess. I'm trying. <laughs> so yeah, that is a Plague Tale Requiem. Wes, any final closing thoughts before we move on uh, to talk about Mario Rabbids? Yeah, if you liked Innocence, um, you should absolutely play this. And if you like stealth games, um, definitely check it out. Uh, it's it's a it's a good time. Awesome. I'm. Very excited to play this game. It's going to be, unfortunately, a few weeks for me just because of all the other games that are coming out that we have to cover. Um, but this is one that I am definitely going to be playing myself, um, hopefully sooner rather than later. Uh, so let's get into the playlist. Marcus, you have been playing Mario Rabbids a bit. I know you are um, 
you know, you're not done with the game yet by any means. Uh, but tell us about Mario Rabbids Sparks of Hope, how you're liking it. Yeah, um, I'm liking it quite a bit. So I was a, a big fan of Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Me know, too. Dropped in 2017. I think I, I think I surprised basically everyone <laughs> how, <laughs> how good that thing was. And it also feels weird that that game was five years ago because I don't know if uh, you guys, but it does not feel like it's that old. Mm-mm. I still remember like the E3 when it got announced and everything. Yeah, but that was uh, the same year that the Switch launch <laughs> was Kingdom Battle. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Right. The hell of a first year for the Switch. But yeah, I'd say so far, you know, I'm I'm as you, you as we're recording this, I'm still kind of early. Like I haven't even unlocked Bowser or Rapid Rosalina yet. Uh, I'm like towards the end of the second world. But I think that so far it is better than the first game in most every way right now. So one of the big changes with this game is that they've done away with grid based movement. They're like, get these tiles out of here. What if you could just run around like a normal video game character? <laughs> and that's what I, I, I think that change works. So the game is still turn-based. It's still a turn-based strategy game. But mm-hmm. now every character is, you can freely just move them around the battlefield within their given radius. But it feels nice to just like walk around like just regular Mario. Just like, I'm just going to duck over here and, <laughs> you know, just hang out. Maybe I'll jump on my friend's head to get a boost glide to go further, which is another cool thing you can do. Maybe I'll slide into an enemy to get some damage. But other than that, I'm just going to move around all willy nilly. And the only time you are restricted from moving is like if you declare an attack, you know, once you attack, you're pretty much done for the turn. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was curious how they were going to do, how they're going to mix the real time with the turn base. That's always kind of been my one concern with this game. Uh, Cause I, I really liked Mario Rabbids kingdom battles. Well, it just, I guess my brain is having trouble picturing real-time movement in a turn-based game you know what i mean but yeah. so if you you can essentially do that until you commit to your action for attacking right yeah and i think also that you still are restricted by a character's like range it still okay gives yeah. the general vibe of having a grid like you know even though it's not laid out like a grid it's like here's your weird outline of where how, how far you can move uh wherever mm-hmm. you can anywhere within that boundary you can go wherever you want and so, you know, the game, like the first game, is finding ways to manipulate that of like, okay, maybe I can find a way to go further. Usually, like I said, jumping off somebody's head and getting like the boost glide where you can, you know, either reach a higher elevation or just move further down the playing field. But because the game is, you know, it has real-time elements, I it makes the battles feel more dynamic because the stages and the enemies also have like some real-time behavior. So... Oh, okay. When it's your turn, they still won't do anything to you. You know, they're still waiting their turn. But like bombs, for example, like, you know, you can slide into a bomb and flip it on its head and then I'll set off its fuse. And even though it's your turn, it's counting down in real time. Like it's going to blow up and, you know, you'll get, That's cool. you'll okay. get hit if you're in its radius, but you can pick it up and throw it into a group of enemies. But because it's still counting down in real time, there's that like, like traditional Mario sort of like tension of like, okay, I got to run this over here as fast as I can so I can like take out this group of enemies. <laughs> <laughs> and I and there was a one uh, cool stage where um, it was like on a uh, kind of a snow capped mountain, and there were these mountain heads blowing like gusts of wind, you know, periodically. And the idea is like, okay, if you get caught in the wind, it's going to push you back a few spaces. So you know, it's it's sounding more like this is close. Like they are, there's some cool platforming elements. Um, uh, like not not platform sorry like like almost like a captain toad style like the, these gusts of wind in particular sound just way different from like a what you'd find in a normal strategy game so i know you're not like platform i don't know how to talk about this game you're not platforming but there's like this action to it that is sounds fresh it's more dynamic yeah yeah there's a lot more dynamic elements because like the wind stuff i feel like if you play if you put that in a traditional like maybe grid-based turn-based game it would operate on a counter or like you know like okay if i move this many spaces it's gonna go off on the third space so i need to make sure i'm behind something whereas like in this game it's on real time so you're like you you could just run around and just wait for it the way you would in a regular video game like okay it's gonna stop blowing now i'm gonna make my move and go over here and then i'll be good you know in the clear it's funny you mentioned Captain Toad because there are some like hidden stages that are very Captain Toad esque, like some oh, really? stages that have the sort of diorama vertical thing where you're exploring it. And it's not platforming, but you're doing just more sort of like running around, 
avoiding enemies if you can and just like bringing a key to a lock to get like a special item yeah like light and light puzzles yeah rotating the camera so you can keep your party in view because it's like again you're like on a basically a cube thing but yeah we need more games like captain toad just like side note we need just captain toad too that would be even better that'd be great man yeah i I love that game the other big thing with sparks of hope is in the name the sparks so the sparks are combinations of lumas from mario galaxy and rabbits and what they are is that they you equip them to a party member and each of them bestows a special ability some of them are elemental where it's like okay this is a fire spark so if mario you know if you activate it mario's attacks now have fire damage to them other ones are more like general of like i have one that's like i guess like a screaming spark like he has a megaphone and when you use it it like he just like yells and it makes everyone around you run away from you because they just can't take the noise so that's like good for like disrupting enemy formations or if you find yourself kind of boxed in you can like okay i'm about to get hit i'm gonna use this and now they're just gonna run you know somewhere else yeah and so i i love the strategy that it adds uh because like i find myself in the beginning of each match you know taking the time to scan the field you know, you can look over each enemy and say, like, okay, what are they weak to? This guy's weak to water damage. This one's weak to, like, poison. So I'm going to go in and equip the appropriate sparks to them. And, you know, so it just gives you more options uh, for the playing field. And then also, uh, since you can equip two at a time, uh, you can really make each character feel pretty powerful. So, you know, like, okay, this field, most of the enemies are weak in the fire and, and splash. I have one of each. I'm going to equip one of each to Mario where like he can shoot fire, but I can put splash damage on his slide because these spark abilities operate on the cooldown. So even if you use them during a turn, you, you got to wait like another maybe turn or two before you can use it again. So you still have to kind of be choosy of like, do I want to wipe this guy out immediately or maybe save my, you know, save it for like a bigger guy or whatever. And, you know, that combined with the fact that the team composition is open now, if you guys remember in the first game, you always had to have at least one Nintendo character and one rabbit at all times. And that was kind of limiting in terms of like what your makeup could be. Now you can have whatever you want, which is so much better to the point where I'm, I'm constantly asking myself how we like put up with that in the first game. Because it's just more fun to just have that freedom to say like, yeah, you know what? Based on what I'm looking at on the playing field, I think it'd be better if I had Luigi, Mario and peach or you know all rabbits or any combination of the bunch so like i just think it's just it just feels more fun and flexible and just having more options and then also just more strategic because of like that combined with like mixing up your spark abilities to you know deal with whatever uh whatever like enemy lineup you're facing the other big thing uh is that they've opened up exploration exponentially so, you know, the first game had that really cool, like, overworld you were exploring. Yeah. You really couldn't do too much outside of move to, like, the next fight. Where in this one, they're, they're like, actual levels, pretty much. So, you're running around. You're finding, like, there are side quests that you can do uh, to, you know, not only earn extra XP, but you're earning uh, coins as well as uh, star bits which you feed to your sparks to make them stronger, much like in Mario Galaxy. They're just like chomping down on those things. And then you can make the sparks that you enjoy using even better. You also got these like planet coins, which unlock sort of like special items like weapon skins and like uh, these special keys that unlock a secret area that each planet has that you really got to go out of your way to try to find. And then there's even like some like metroid style progression where uh you know beepo your little like roomba robot guy that floats with you he gets abilities as you go out the game so like right now he has one for me where he kind of like does the sonic blast that can break through uh like cracked rock walls and it can also make uh pillars move so the idea is that you'll go into a stage and you'll see all these things and be like okay i don't have the thing for that right now but in a few hours i will so i'll come back to this world and clean up and see what i can find here but it just makes exploration just feel so much more rewarding and interesting because there's different routes that go everywhere. You know, you have your critical path, of course, but if you want to go off the beaten path and go like, oh, there's like a weird little temple over there. What's that? Like right now, uh, as we speak, I'm in the middle of a optional dungeon that I just happened to find through behind like a cracked wall. 
and i you know it's how, how big is like how involved is that sort of dungeon like does it just feel like a little small dungeon that you'd walk in in like elden ring for instance where it's like a few rooms and you might walk away with you know new gun skin or something or is it more involved some at least the ones that i've seen uh yeah it's probably closer to that like they're not like super huge like some of them have like maybe one environmental puzzle that you need to solve okay or like cool. a navigation puzzle like okay the things on the other end of this room rearrange some things to figure out how to get over there or something like that there are uh, a lot more traditional puzzles there was one where it was like okay rotate these statues based on a bunch of murals that are in the area and kind of decipher based on the pictures how these statues should be arranged uh you know we saw in the trailer there was like that constellation one uh, where you're creating uh, constellations on the star chart. I haven't done that one yet myself. So yeah, like, uh, there's a lot more, like I guess, traditional adventure game stuff that is like a nice break from just the turn-based strategy battles. So yeah, I think it's super cool. Yeah, overall, I think, you know, I have a lot of game left to play, but I'm very impressed. And it's getting better and better as they layer on more you know systems and you know like i said i still have two more characters to unlock so i'm excited to see you know what they bring to the table because i'm pretty happy with the party that i have right now that's exciting do you think the combat because it's kind of weird for like a sequel to do a, such a big drastic change in the combat i guess it's not drastic but i know like i've played a little bit of kingdom battle i've always been wanting to get back to it but the people that i know who like it they're like you know it is rabbits but don't worry about them like the combat is really awesome it's a great combat system and then they've changed that in this game. And I wonder if, like, does it feel like an improvement or justified for what they're trying to do with this? Or, like, they just wanted a different combat system and they just made one? I think so. I mean, the combat still, I think, like, the core of the combat remains the same. Like, the rabbits or, like, the existing characters still remain the same in terms of, like, what they bring to the table. Luigi mm -hmm. is still the long-range sniper. Mario's still the all-rounder. Uh, Rapid Peach is still the healer of the team. You know, they have a few abilities here and there, but their roles are pretty much the same. And, you know, like the... I think the moment-to-moment -moment stuff in terms of, like, how you execute your strategies, like, if you had fun with how Kingdom Battle handled that, you'll enjoy Sparks of Hope. It just feels more dynamic because you can just move around just more freely, you know? And I think it it'll allow you to set up things more easily and you know also if you're like a more because the thing about kingdom battle is that it got a lot of people that don't normally play these games into turn-based strategy and i think this is like the next step of like widening that net more because uh, you know you if you just look at gameplay you understand what to do of like oh yeah you just walk around it yeah i'm gonna hide behind that pillar so i don't get hit whereas like i i think there's still something about looking at a grid that just makes it makes games look more complicated than they might actually be even if it's something like Mario. So I think it's like, if anything, it's like a a smart means to an end of like easing in those people and be like, no, 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 it's it's cool. It's not that complicated, you know? So we'll take this scary looking grid away. But then once you play it, and especially if you played the first game, you'll fall back into like, oh, okay, it's still this. It's just got, okay. you know, it's just got a different coat of paint on, you know? And I think I like it better so far. Now, that's not to say that the game's still not challenging. I think uh, what surprised a lot of people is that Kingdom Battle got pretty tough towards like yeah. the... <laughs> it's not like baby time strategy game. It is a, If you're a turn-based tactics fan, that game has enough bite to... Like, you are going to be... If you do not play strategically, you will get wiped out. If you are not thoughtful about how you put your team together, if you're not mindful of what is on the field and how to maximize your advantages you will get decimated. And even in the second world, I've already had battles where it's like, okay, I'm getting some pushback here. Like I can't just steamroll these guys. I need to outthink them. So, you know, I think I, I, you know, it still has that element of it. I'm, I can only assume it'll only continue to get challenging as you go on. Uh, you know, the game also, you know, communicates, you know, every enemy that you run into has a level. So, you know, exactly if you're like, ready to face them right you'll see like level 10 and if it's like red and you know you're like level seven you're like you might have a hard time so maybe stay away from that guy is it like a transition screen like when you hit an enemy almost like pokemon where it's like something happens and boom now you're in a, a battle arena or is it kind of like a seamless we're in battle now uh there's a transition like it loads and then you, it's like okay you know here's the combat screen but you know 
it's not random encounters like you see every enemy out there like i said you can see their levels so you know exactly like i'm gonna steer stay away from that guy gotcha um, what's also cool is that you can um you can slide into enemies and hit them so you'll get like a bit of an advantage at the start of the fight so if you sneak up on them you can get like a little extra hit but they can do the same to you too so you know if they see you and they'll chase you if they hit you first they'll get that advantage that's cool i like that but yeah so far i'm pretty happy with it i've i've fallen into a rhythm with it like i said the combat's pretty fun so far it's it's only getting better as i get more sparks and it seems like there's a lot of sparks in the game based on just some certain side quests that sort of gate you based on how many sparks you have and i'll see a number and go like oh i do not have that many yet (laughs) okay um and and you know like i said the combine that with the just the more interesting exploration and having more things to do outside of just battle after battle after battle uh i think is uh it just makes it feel like a more complete package this time around so we'll see how it goes but right now pretty pretty positive on it awesome i'm really excited to play it (laughs) this is uh i've been looking forward to this one for a while now but um let's get into overwatch 2 for a minute uh we are can we can we get into overwatch 2 (laughs) (laughs) i can um you know depending on on the day and time so when I have been able to get into Overwatch 2, man, I've really been enjoying it. It's just been my daily game, my daily driver for since it released. And even, you know, weeks before it released, I'm just back into the competitive grind, you know, just enjoy. I spend most of my nights playing with like, you know, we might not all be together, you know, in a game together, but we'll just be on a Discord chilling, sharing our screens and, and playing Overwatch. And I find that I'm still looking for like, just because there's been like some shakeups and stuff uh, with the meta and like the characters themselves, where like my traditional mains are really are are less and less my my mains in Overwatch Two. I think Roadhog is like really the only character that I mained in Overwatch One that I still am doing that in Overwatch Two. Um, just because like you know there are new options now and there's I'm, I'm curious about getting better at certain characters. One thing. I really like about Overwatch 2 uh, in terms of its competitive changes is your competition ranking, your competitive ranking is filtered by you have three different rankings. You have your tank competitive ranking, your damage and your support. So, you know, if, if for some reason you feel like okay, well, I'm I'm kind of slotted into this support because maybe maybe I've got a challenge I want to do or the queue times are just more favorable for support players right now, but I'm not as knowledgeable on support as I am on tank, right? Well, now I have separate ratings where like I can kind of work on different, you know, aspects of my my play style. If I want to, you know, explore improving, you know, as a support, I don't have to worry about my tank rating, uh, you know, getting getting messed up, which is really cool because like, you know, there are like titles and other rewards that are tied to to ranked play you know in the past you got exclusive icons or the gold guns so it's nice and also just like personal motivation like i'm somebody who really wants to try to see how far i can climb right and it was always a struggle of well you know i'm playing with my friend we're playing competitive together they're kind of playing the character i was gonna play uh so i guess i'll hop over here and play this character but i'm not as good as them it's nice now that we have those individual rankings. I really, really like that change. And I think it's going to like compel me to experiment with different characters um, in the long term um, and like just see if I can master them, right? See if I can get good at them and see how I my my Zenyatta or my, my support rather compares to my friend's support play. And I think that'll be really cool. But content-wise, man, I'm just loving Overwatch 2. I think... I understand the critiques. I totally understand the critiques of, you know, this feeling like almost an expansion rather than a full-on sequel. You know, people are calling it Overwatch 1.5, which I, I definitely understand. I heard they because I have yet to fire up Overwatch 2, at least at the time of we're recording. But I remember even hearing that they didn't even change the, like, opening cinematic. That was mm-hmm. still there. Yeah. And I remember being like, really? <laughs> like, even that hasn't been changed yet? Yeah, because that was all... That's tied to like, yeah, that is weird. I, 
I haven't seen the cinematic actually uh, yet, so yeah, that is Winston. news to me. Yeah, it's the one where he's like tapping on the camera, and then it's the same one. I thought when I first booted it up that I had accidentally booted up Overwatch somehow, <laughs> even though that's, that's not possible anymore because yeah, it started the um my same my way. PC version doesn't boot into the cinematic. Oh, it really? just boots the menu screen. Yeah, wonder if that's a bug. I feel like you can't question anything at this point. <laughs> well, even like in Overwatch One, I never booted to. Must be a PC thing. Maybe it's hidden in the menus. Like I think it just does it, it on the. F- Maybe I'm wrong, but I think it just does it on the first time because on PlayStation, I did not see it, but I have Overwatch Two on my PC, and I've never That's done that before. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. 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 Huh. yeah. I would say, um, how do you feel about the uh, progression now that you've put like a decent amount of time into it? Like, do you feel like you're earning things at a like acceptable rate or? You know, and, and uh, it, let me see. Let me see where I'm at. I can I can tell you my level. Let me pull it up. Yeah, I'll tell you brag, my level. Brag to us about your level, please. Yeah, and I'll tell you because I I honestly haven't really been paying attention too much. It's kind of like just like a back of my mind thing where it's like, oh, okay, cool. Like I got this now. I'm just kind of enjoying playing the game. Um, but I'm I'm loading it up right now to see where I'm at. But I mean, it it seems fairly standard compared to definitely not as quick as a game like Fortnite. No, like not at all. Get, yeah. You get like <laughs> three or four levels every session. I wouldn't say it's like come across as slow to me. Let me, I can tell you, let's see, Battle Pass. Here I go. I'm logged in. It feels a lot more dependent on how well you do perform and winning a match. Like if I have a pretty bad match, which I've had some pretty bad ones, like my Battle Pass barely goes up. But then another time I'll win a match and I'll have like 19 kills or something like that and a ton of healing or whatever. And I'll go up like two thirds of a level in one match. Sometimes. Yeah. So I am level, I'm level 31. 10 of those levels were from pre-release. So I've, I've gone up, you know, about 20 levels post-release playing it typically once a day, at least for a couple of matches. Um, I definitely, you know, certain days I, I might just play one match or two, but I feel like it's, it's going at a decent clip compared to what I'm used to. Um, I could see people wanting it to maybe go a little faster, but I, it hasn't. It, you bringing it up is the first time I've thought about it um, outside of the review period. Okay, sorry I ruined the game for you then. No, you're fine. <laughs> you're fine now. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna be so unsatisfied now. But man, I, I love the new push mode map. I've been thinking a lot about it, and I feel like push mode is the most easy to understand. It's almost like football, right? Like think of the the robot, the push robot as the football that's going back and forth between the two teams. And I feel like that, that mode in particular is going to become the new like marquee uh, mode in terms of like esports and like spectating because it is so simple to understand. It's like, okay, there's a, there's two goalposts and whoever gets to their go, the enemy's goalpost first wins or in case of the time running out, whoever got it furthest. Or closest wins, um, and I really like all of the the maps as well on that pay, on that that new mode. Um, I think they're all really well designed. I they when I was talking to the developers, they talked to them about they described them as being like Swiss cheese, where the robot is kind of going in these curved motion like these. Whoever designed these cities in Overwatch, the Overwatch City Planner, not a great job because there's so <laughs> many curves um, and twists. But players can get back to the action quickly because there's, like, these little holes in the path, right? These shortcuts. And it's just, like, it's a really fun mode. I'm loving the maps. And, like, even apart from their design, I just really like the themes of them. The, like, uh, Coliseo or the Coliseum one's really cool. New York's I really like Canada. New York's all, yeah. Yeah. um, Midtown. I mean, they're just, like, some of the best Overwatch maps, I think, that have been designed. Um, And I, I think... I would be having, I think I'd be harsher on the game if the new content, because, you know, if you think about it, like, it's not a ton compared to Overwatch 1, you know, it's, but it's everything that's there, in my opinion, is really good. I think if that wasn't the case, I would be feeling uh, a little more frustrated, but every new addition to the game really does feel, outside of, like, the the weird phone authentication, so I'm talking about gameplay, right? Gameplay and characters, I think... Every addition to Overwatch 2 and every change is really great. And I think the game is the best it's been in years. You're too too early to compare it to like 
there's a lot of nostalgia tied up into the launch of Overwatch One for me, um, and it's hard to like assess this many years later to compare the two. But in terms of like design, gameplay design, I feel like Overwatch Two is much more balanced than Overwatch One was at launch, and therefore, in that regard, is a better game. Um, so in that regard, I think Overwatch is the best it's been. Uh, there are other parts, you know, not so much. But, um, yeah, it, it's kind of a weird game to talk about, especially when, like, some people can't play the game for a number of hiccups. The launch has been terrible. You know, it's 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 kind of sucks because I think the game itself is really good. Um, but the launch has just been atrocious. I mean, that's why I haven't logged in yet. Like, honestly, you, like, the, the Overwatch group that I guess we're all a part of, like, you guys are have been my barometer for, like, should I jump in? Because I'll see the messages of, like, all right, I'm, I'm playing, guys. And then, oh, in a queue for 20 minutes. And I'm waiting for the day where I see none of that. Like, I'm waiting until I can just jump in. Are you in the? Are you in our Overwatch Discord by chance? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that I'll see, that's, like, I'll see those pop off, like, every night now. And then be like, oh, is it good now? And then I'll still see, like, eh, a little bit of hiccups here. And I'm like, nope. I haven't had any queue issues in the last, well, apart from the other day where I couldn't even boot it up. I haven't had any cues. When it works, it works great. Um, there's no waiting. So if you see the ser- people are playing, it typically means now you can just jump in and play. Yeah, it's I guess- when the servers are having issues that it's frustrating. Yeah, I guess because I, I do like Overwatch, but I guess I'm not as big a fan, so I can wait. I'm like, yeah, there are sure. plenty of other games that I'll play in the meantime, so I don't need to like potentially be frustrated. Like, Because then I'm afraid I'm going to be like, yeah, Overwatch 2, and then boot it up and hit that wall, and then all my momentum will just evaporate (laughs) it's like well guess i'll play something else now so like let me know when they've got this worked out and i'll be right in there (laughs) yeah exactly i think they're getting close um they've pushed several big patches through the last uh week or so and the game's uh been much more stable yeah and maybe it is by the time you're listening to this oh yeah true yeah like people are listening to this a week after we're recording this so it might be smooth sailing by then we could be Uh, playing right now yeah, who knows? Yeah, True. I mean, I am gonna bring my Xbox to Japan. Uh, oh, because I gotta, I gotta progress that Battle Pass, baby. <laughs> that's I gotta do it. <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of Overwatch Two. Let's get into listener questions real quick. We got time for two, maybe, maybe just one actually. And by the way, if you want to submit a question, podcast at gameinformer.com or join our official Discord by subscribing to us on Twitch. Uh, Donka Donk asks, I have played a bunch of single player games lately, and I keep getting to the point where the game feels bloated or has too much filler, even if they are good or great games. What games do you think are the most complete? Doesn't have to be the best games. So I think it, it seems like their main problem is too much bloat. They want something that's more, more trimmed, I guess, but feels cohesive and has good pacing that's how i'm reading this question it's like they're playing a lot of open world games too yeah yeah. so i guess step one is maybe play something a little more linear you know unless the question is like an open world game that is less bloaty or at least a side quest respect your time better but i guess in terms of like what is the the best one of those in terms of just like pacing and getting to the point i mean there's so many to choose from. <laughs> I'm thinking like I thought of like uh maybe control now that I mentioned it before. Because that's all in that's one, a good one setting. And I think that game remains compelling from pretty much consistently, you know, throughout. And there really aren't I mean, there's some side stuff, but like it's not like a, it's not an open world game by any stretch of the imagination. And I think some of the side activities are actually pretty rewarding in terms of like just the lore that you get because i think the lore is the most interesting thing in control like i adored hunting down those documents and getting every anything i could read about like what is going on in that world i was down for so i guess off the top of my head that for me um i feel like shooters like um i'm thinking like doom doom eternal the wolfenstein games metal hellsinger which i just reviewed a few weeks ago Uh, i feel like that genre like the very fast-paced first person shooter is really good about not having bloat you're just i mean if you don't like first person shooters though that's its own problem but like those especially the wolfenstein like wolfenstein 2 that game is balls to the walls the entire time and um it's a blast so maybe check those out i I would say some quick recommendations for me Uh, a short hike that is one of my favorite games of all time 
it's it came out in i think uh, 2019 it is three to four hours long you can get it for like seven bucks or less yeah if even that yeah and it's kind of it's kind i always describe that game as like a tiny open world there's a lot to explore and a lot of secrets and stuff but in the grand scheme of things it's a very small game but it makes you feel like you're a part of this this big uh open area it's really cool uh almost reminds me of like a mario a giant mario odyssey level that you can kind of explore and collect things and that kind of thing and kind of plays into the larger story uh undertale if you haven't played the undertale game i, w- I wouldn't jump into delta rune quite yet i'm kind of play undertale if you're interested in like a you know 2d rpg I'm trying to think of like the classics that somebody may or may not have you know played before kingdom hearts uh, if, you, if you like I, the what kingdom hearts all those oh, games. No, God, no. <laughs> Never known for bloat. <laughs> I think I think a lot of puzzle games are mm-hmm. like uh, story based puzzle games are really good in that regard. Like Portal. Even if, if you've played Portal, play Cube. Cube Two in particular is one of my favorite games. It's Q U B E. Uh, I platinum that game. I've only like platinum five games before. Yeah. I've always wanted to play that because of how portally it looks it's so good i know i have it on something yeah it's one of my favorite favorite uh puzzle games yeah i, I, I don't know they like the res the recent resident evils are pretty straightforward i don't i think those yeah. games are paced pretty well like villages village is not a long game <laughs> it was just a lot of hours yeah. uh so you know that's a good one but even like the the remakes of two and three or, or village two i think you know if you're into horror those are some good picks definitely well cool well we're going to end it there. I think Wes has another podcast to jump on real quick. Uh, we're, we're, we're busy boys this week talking on all the shows. Um, so thank you all for listening. If you did enjoy the show, be sure to go and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or rate us on Spotify if you listen there. Share us with a friend um, and, and follow us this week on Twitter. You can follow Wes at LeBlanc Wes, L-E-B-L-A-N-C-W-E-S. You can follow Marcus at Marcus Stewart 7 and you can follow me at It's Van Aiken. Uh, that's going to do it for the show this week. We will see you next week. Uh, I will be back from, from Japan then. It'll be more of a normal episode, I'm sure. Oh, we should definitely get uh, – we got some new hires on the team. Uh, and we need to t- we need to introduce them and, uh, and talk to them. So I think that will be on the agenda for next week. So if you have any questions for them uh, or, you know, about their work or their favorite games – That'd be a great thing to ask us in the Discord. All right, y'all. Have a good one. Goodbye.